Welcome to the Transmission PR Podcast with me, your host, Abby Hawker. Whether you are an individual, agency, or organization looking to improve your understanding of how best to interact with a gender diverse audience, you want to improve the way you engage with trans and non-binary people, or you find yourself in the midst of a crisis, the Transmission PR Podcast can help. Join some of the leading names in diversity and inclusion for their five top tips on a range of topics and empower yourself with the tools you need to join the conversation. In this episode, I'm joined by the inimitable Chris King, a client of Transmission PR. We recently navigated an interesting communications challenge together, so I invited them on to chat about their experiences and to share their wisdom. Thank you so much for joining us today, Chris. Um, If I could ask you to introduce yourself uh, to kick things off, that would be fantastic. Absolutely. I mean, love that we're now we're now doing podcasts, Abby. We're, the progression is real. <laughs> um, for any of those listening that don't know who I am, which is most of you, uh, my name is Chris King. I am the CEO and founder of Lightning Travel Recruitment. Don't hear recruitment and judge too soon. Also a big trans and non-binary activist um, on LinkedIn, one of LinkedIn's uh, top 10 uh, LGBT voices for 2022. My pronouns are they, she, and me and Abby have known each other for around, probably getting close to a year now, Abby, right? I think so. It feels like a lot longer than that, though, Chris. <laughs> uh, ditto. So because, oh, you're very, very welcome. Because I do know you and I do know how fantastic you are, I wanted to have you, not to blow too much smoke up your backside, I wanted to have you on the podcast because one of the subjects that I think is really useful in terms of the whole navigating the space of trans and non-binary inclusion and awareness is this notion of getting things wrong and the fear that surrounds that. Um, and very recently, you and I had an experience of this. And so what I wanted to do was to give the listeners a, a kind of easy guide on what to do if you get it wrong in terms of your communications and your interactions with the trans and non-binary community. So perhaps first we could start by talking a little bit without going into too much detail, but perhaps you could sort of tell us what happened. Of course. Um- I love that we're going to try and make this as manageable as possible because even the topic itself, when we say it, can sound hugely mm. inaccessible and scary. So, yeah, I mean, we we had a very public uh, experience of this. I work in the uh, travel and hospitality sector, and it was a case of a very ill-informed uh, and slightly outdated company sending an opinion piece, and I use that in abbreviated commas here, um, out on trans inclusivity within hospitality spaces, or at least that's what they thought they were sending out <laughs> to, their, to their 10,000 plus subscribers. Um, it actually turned out to be a trans hate campaign, essentially. Um, it used n- no, no stats. It was just completely one ignorant person's opinion. Um, and this went out publicly. Um, which was awful, but there there were some positives in terms of the industry's reaction to it, weren't there, Abby? Yeah, there were some really great reactions, actually, in terms of the fact that very, very quickly it was called out and very, very quickly a lot of um, both members of the community but also their allies came forward and were very vocal in their disgust, really, I guess, and surprise 
that um, somebody would put this kind of material out proactively. I think that was one of the key things that was so upsetting was the fact that it's, you know, it was a lot of things that you can find if you go searching for it, just kind of misinformation that's that's available on the internet about trans and non-binary people. But most importantly, it was the fact that this had been proactively sent out to a mailing list of people who <laughs> would have been sitting there reading their morning, having their piece of toast in the morning. And then suddenly their inbox has kind of got this article in. Very interestingly, another uh, another sort of uh, friend of ours um, who is a very senior in that particular industry, in the hospitality industry, um, was recovering from surgery. And she is a trans woman and she opened up this email and she was just devastated by what she read and and that's the point isn't it I think it was sort of just knocked her for six and I think this, it was the same for anyone who happened to come across the piece. Yeah it's been I mean it's a tough time to be trans in the UK or anywhere right now um, so the timing couldn't have been worse <laughs> um, honestly from a brand perspective but I guess that the point that everyone was surprised about was why why are you trying to cover this topic and have an opinion uh, ironically it was written by someone from the wider community um mm. who we won't go into that <laughs> i'm not going to give that person any good idea so i'd really like to know your immediate reaction was one of obviously you were upset by it and it was one of outrage, quite frankly, and absolutely with it, absolutely correctly, it was one of outrage. But also it was, I felt, very um, constructive in terms of the fact that you called this individual out or the publication out, and then you began to highlight the ways in which they could, what they needed to do next. Okay, so you've made a mistake. Now what are you going to do? And you, you kind of listed some really key things that they could do immediately. And I thought it would be really useful to share those with listeners. My, I mean, I'm hoping that this is not something that is going to happen again. Um, however, this is a very particular case and there will be other moments where mistakes are made. And so I thought it would be useful if you don't mind sort of talking a little bit about some of the constructive things that you suggested people could do to, to re, I guess, um, Correct, course correct. Of course, and the one the ones that were constructive, we'll talk about the the ones less constructive. We'll leave in the bin. <laughs> um, and and just a plus on what you're saying, Abby. This is one of many examples. This is quite an extreme example. Um, but just to give kind of uh, context when I'm listening, me and you actually met when you were talking about doing marketing um, LGBT campaigns outside of Pride Month, and there's a lot of um, there's a lot of links to that is brands sometimes get it wrong even when they have the best of intentions um, so this this um, this advice that I'm about to give and, and we'll talk about it is not just for people that are unknowingly or knowingly sending out hate campaigns and they're in their, in their uh, weekly newsletters this is also for brands that might have tried something and not involved members of the community and it actually turns out to be not so great um, so yeah this this applies to anyone who's listening that is interested in maybe looking at the trans community on a positive note and not sending out a hate campaign. <laughs> um, yeah, so the, the, fir the first point, and this is a really, really obvious point, but in this particular case, was, was went over this person's head, um, is apologise um, and, and mean it, <laughs> genuinely mean it. Don't just apologise because you've been called out and because it's 
it's not the marketing campaign or e-shot that you expected it to be. Um, apologize because what you have done is affected human beings. Um, that that email campaign that we're talking about went to well, at least two trans people that we know of. Um, but maybe it would have went to trans people that aren't out at work in the workplace or someone that's gender non-conforming or questioning. And with all of the hate that's going on in the world and the media right now, that one campaign could have really affected that person's mental health. And it's taking accountability and actually saying, I am genuinely, or we are as an organization, genuinely sorry for what we have done. And then to plus on that to say, and here is what we are going to do <laughs> to be better. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's also really important to point out that, you know, we're talking about around 1% of the population that, it, I mean, I, we, I think we all know it's more than that, but that who are kind of recognized as um, being trans and non-binary, but trans and non-binary people don't live in a vacuum they have friends and family and kids and you know maybe it wasn't a trans person who might have read it maybe it was the parent of a trans kid I mean can you imagine absolutely devastating so yes say sorry and mean it I think one of the really important things about that is and I think all too often people do say sorry but they don't really know what they're saying sorry for I think that and that's it's really interesting and I think that kind of Part of the apology is educating yourself. So do a bit of homework, maybe speak to people who know what they're talking about, speak to the community, you know, try to understand exactly, maybe, you, you know, I think the, the, when it was sent out, it had been reviewed. It wasn't the editor that wrote it. It was somebody else who wrote it. The editor then reviewed it and said, oh, that's fine, send it out. So they didn't really know or understand what was wrong with that piece? So if you then go out and apologize, but you're not actually sure what you're apologizing for, it's kind of inauthentic to say the least, isn't it? Yeah, and I, and I think we had some discussions even amongst like, there was some groups that reshared it and said, let's cancel this company immediately. And and me and you, Abby, were like, well, no, that's not, like we could. And if they continue this behavior, then whatever. But it's more beneficial for the community and for them to be taught on the why. Um, and I think this is a huge issue when, when it comes to um, trans in the media, especially, is that so rarely is a trans person actually asked to comment on something. It's always people speaking on behalf of us. Um, and and this the, understanding the why, uh, we didn't get reached out to. Um, your, your other trans friend had to aggressively reach out to this CEO who still hasn't spoken to me or you <laughs> um, and and say no I am telling you this is how you should behave right now um, but there was even mistakes from this apology that went out and um, there was no accountability taken and that instead of wanting to really go out and educate themselves they were going to do a second opinion piece written by and listeners you will guess it someone that isn't from the trans community and openly admitted they knew nothing about the trans community um and it's just yeah to, to, to apologize is one thing and not mean it is one thing to to then still not give enough of a bleep to make the same mistake again and actually not want to learn the why behind it is where companies can absolutely PR disasters. Equally, the opposite. That's where they can really win, I think. 
by showing themselves yes. to actually yes. be going that step further. You can really turn these things around, I think. If you genuinely commit to making a change, you can absolutely turn it around. You talked a little bit there about accountability and what sort of things would you want to see from an accountability perspective? What from, you know, what do you, when you're watching, what are you looking for? Vulnerability, I'd say, really going, listen, we didn't know and we still don't know. And we, we need resources, we need to be put in contact with people, we need to put money into this community to really pledge that we are going to be better. Um, I think even amongst the community ourselves, like we make mistakes all the time. <laughs> um, whether it's someone's pronouns, whether you just haven't educated yourself enough on something. We do it all the time, but there's a mutual respect there. So I think vulnerability and respect, like you said, you can turn it around really easily. Um, for brands that are wanting to get involved in stuff like this, you've got resources like yourself, Abby, that can come in on a PR perspective and represent a huge, diverse mix of people in the community. You've got the Diversity Standard Collective. They actually come in and if you're halfway through a campaign, they'll bring people in and say, no, 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 you need to go in this direction and ask the community. There, there's ways of, of really saying we don't know and, and not knowing is, is kind of okay if you are willing to do the education and bringing in people that can educate you. So it's giving, um, it's also giving money to trans charities, to LGBT charities, to sending your staff on um, gender awareness courses, on unconscious bias courses, and anything that shows that you truly as an organization or, or a individual want to be better. Um, and this is probably a whole nother podcast itself, but me and you, Abby, will always say you have to do the work internally with your systems, your structures, your staff, your culture to really reap the benefits of being able to then do the marketing externally. Because if you haven't done it internally, then don't be preaching that you've done it externally. <laughs> Did that help? I think so often the same as anything with anything. Companies try and save money. They try and cut corners. But the damage that you'll do to your reputation by cutting those corners can be insurmountable. And it's just about remembering that doing this due diligence in the first place, which actually is really accessible, learning this stuff, being more aware, not only is it accessible, it's kind, it's nice. And I think that kindness sometimes is completely underrated. You know, it's about being a decent human being and making sure that your company reflects the people that you want to bring in you know, the people that you want to talk to. A hundred percent. And just to throw a recruitment tip bit in there, this one's for free, everyone. Um, as, as as a trans person, I, I, I identify as trans non-binary. Um, I've never had to apply for a job whilst I identified as I do now. But hearing experiences from trans brothers and sisters across the world about applying for a role, it's so stressful. For the community if you don't see a culture or gender diverse words that are used in the um, job spec in actively supporting a community so you're actually losing out on talent by by not by not um supporting our community um, but like you said it all goes back to fear what if we get it wrong what if you don't what if you don't you're gonna get access to one of the best talent pools out there in trans people we all know who we are. We can all deal with 
the rubbish life throws at us. We've got integrity. We're often creative. Authenticity. I mean, does it get more authentic and fabulous, obviously? You know, we're in a, a time of skill shortage, surely, as organ- organizations should be appealing to the broadest, widest range of people possible, you know, and ultimately Gen Z is the most gender diverse or rather that has the highest number of LGBTQ plus people ever. So if you're thinking of future-proofing your organization, you better do a bit of research because otherwise you're going to get left behind. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And on that, I think the last point I wanted to discuss was how companies can not just apologize, not just then say they're going to do better, actively do it and then showcase that, right? I think the showcasing is really important because, and, and actually it goes back to the authenticity piece. If you do it properly and if you tie it into your values and you make amends, then why not show it off? Because you're doing it in the right way and you're bringing trans people in, show the trans people off that you're working with, show the ways in which they've enriched your organization and, and kind of helped it to be more diverse and, and better. Yeah. And and just another point is we've got lots of points here, listeners. Lots of points. <laughs> Thoughts and feelings, me and Abby. Um, but the, the way, I mean, even myself as a trans business owner, I didn't know how far to lean into that. Would would my business be seen as as too trans? Would I would would people be able to relate to the brand? And if I'm thinking that, then like cis hat business owners are, are gonna be thinking that as well. And one way that I really started to use our platform for good and it kind of was the start of my activist journey as well was sharing other trans creators content um it doesn't have your brand there but it's giving those people a platform to amplify their voices and it's such an easy win for businesses to do there are amazing amazing intersectionality intersectionality amongst the trans community um you've got people like ben pecci who's incredible non-binary author who's just about to start doing a ted talk which we're so excited about um you've got people out from, from we create space you've got rico chase who was just on that channel for make me prime minister um show just educating um and use those voices and and use your platform to amplify them um you can those people do not come for free. So if you want them to do, uh, if you want them to do content, be sure to pay any, whether it's trans or from any minority community, um, pay those people for their lived experiences. But you don't have to write this unique content yourself. Bring in people, them. And what's really interesting, I think, is whenever you talk about this subject matter, it's very rare. In fact, it hasn't happened yet. That's not that it's not going to happen. It could happen at some stage, but it's it, it it would so far be unusual for me to walk in a room and talk about trans and non-binary inclusion and awareness and not have everybody turn around and listen. It's really interesting. Yeah. And I think all of the speakers you just mentioned, and we'll put some in the notes, the show notes, um, they're just so interesting. It's such an interesting topic from a human nature perspective, understanding the difference between all of us and the way that kind of we think and the way that we approach the world it's fundamentally interesting from a you know from that perspective 100 and and again not to go completely off topic because it's another podcast um <laughs> but within the trans community there's there's so much intersectionality i just kind of mentioned it but there's a direct link between talking about mental health at work there's a direct link to talking about 
ADHD and autism and any form of neurodiversity. There's there's strong links to the trans community and um, culture, what, what you can wear at work. Um, there is so many talks that don't have to be 100% focused on the trans community, but you can bring in a really diverse range of speakers from our community to educate and then open up other conversations. So yeah, this all goes back to committing to being better. It, it doesn't have to be 100% trans focused, but we have very, very great stories to tell. Um, you can learn a lot. That's just it. And I think that no, organizations are only going to benefit from seeing beyond the cis, het, white, employee yeah yeah and, and and we're not saying you need to go from q1 to q4 and have hired half of your workforce as trans like we're not saying that honestly trans people will thank you for not hiring them until you are ready because <laughs> we don't want to be the token hire sat around and leave after a month's time trust and believe but if you start in q1 to educate yourself bring in these speakers promote this content um reach out and, and be better by Q4 you could be doing marketing campaigns uh, with those people and you could learn personally you can learn professionally you can get approached by other brands that want to learn from you it just helped there is literally no downside yeah because ultimately it goes towards making the world that we live in a better place and you know surely that's what we should all be fighting for 100 percent. and on a final note if your HR policies do not have any trans <laughs> policies within them please if you do one thing after this go and look at them <laughs> um, because it will just be such a huge thing for talent to come into the company brilliant absolutely fantastic thank you so much for your for joining us and for giving us your time this afternoon it's been really lovely to chat with you always abby and i'll see you for a wine next week eh? we hope you enjoyed this episode of the transmission pr podcast don't forget to subscribe if you would like more of the same. You can connect with us on social media at TransMPR on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can also visit our website, transmissionpr.com, or connect with us on LinkedIn via Transmission PR or Abby Hawker.